Hey guys, Dr. Greg here, and I just got done with the first of two parts of an amazing conversation with Dean Malstead of Pro Care Services of Minnesota. Water, mold, mitigation, how to test, how not to test. Stay tuned, you're in for a good one. Hey guys, Dr. Greg here with a daily dose of Dr. Greg, and we've been talking for about 30 minutes already, so this episode, you are gonna to want to earmark and, and have available. I'm with uh, Dean Malstead with ProCare Services, and we are gonna do talk all things mold and houses, and you've had your own health journey. Dean, pleasure to have you here. Thank you. So, just for starters, 30,000 foot view, what does Dean do? eight days a week, like we just talked about. Right, so uh, eight days a week, I'm thinking about things that are environmental, air quality. Um, so today, in 2022, I do inspections. Uh, I prefer to call them investigations, even right. though there's another syllable there. Right. Uh, investigations is, is much more uh, what we do, and we're dealing with water uh, or moisture okay. um, that will lead to mold or mold development. Right. And so primarily what I do, what most people would call me would be a mold inspector. Right. Um, but the way I do it is, is quite a bit different. And, and it's not 45 minutes or an hour and a half, but it's typically four, five, six hours on site. Amazing. And that's what we do. And that's all that all comes out of a whole history of restoration. That's interesting. So, so typically people will find you when they are suspect. Suspect or sick. Or sick. 100% right. of our clients are referral. Wild, wild. Um, <clears throat> my goodness, that's we, there, there's just so many places we can go inside this. So I think the biggest thing to talk about is, and a goal, the goal of this podcast is to empower the listeners, to give them some actionable items yep. and to not freak them out. Correct. Uh, right, because, I mean, you were just talking about a, a client of yours that has a four-month-old house that was not constructed correctly. Correct. And needs a hundred thousand dollars of of um, work done to it to bring it right. And I, 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 my, I could feel my blood pressure starting to well up. Like, oh, that's a big deal. So, the first thing that I think the question is, um, is when you what what are the telltale signs? So, if someone's in a place, obviously being sick is one, but being sick is such a broad term. What are the typical, and you've had your own journey, so I can speak to you with this. When it comes to like the health things that you most commonly see, what are the most common symptoms of someone that might be exposed to a water damage mold type issue? So I will start with this. We will always tell people that occupant testimony or what the person is feeling physiologically, maybe even mentally, yeah. what their gut feel is about a place usually is correct that a place has a problem. Yeah. So whether they walk into a school, a church, a library, their home, th th there's some check inside of them. And typically women will be more in tune to that than the men will be, but it can go both ways. Sure. Uh, if there's a check in their gut, then there's probably something real about that. So it starts there. Yeah. So in a very real sense, except for some of maybe the technical aspects, in a real sense, people don't need a mold inspector. Their body probably is already telling them. Yes. And then you can gauge that by when you leave for two hours, four hours, two days, four days. And if you feel better when you're gone and when yep. you come back, you immediately feel worse. Then there's definitely something going on inside your house. Something environmental. Yeah, no something doubt. environmental. And the thing, I, what I 
Because what I have found clinically is it's not like you're going to have a respiratory issue. I mean, you even use the word a mental issue or emotional issue. And that is so, so true with the physiology of how these things can happen inside of us. So, So the first thing you're saying is trust your gut. Um, you know, one of the things I I ask patients is, are you suspect that you've ever been in or are currently inside of something? And yeah, you trust that, you know, oh yeah, we had that dirt basement and it always kind of had that musty ish smell to it. Now that's, that's really step number one. And, and, and of course there's all kinds of tests that are out there. And I think even my, my people, the medical community have maybe even, taking people on a wild goose chase uh, inside of that, if that's the right thing to say. Yep. Um, so, okay, so there's, there's, there's someone listening to this and they're like, oh my gosh, I have that feeling about my house. What's their next step? So then it would be going, going to the symptomology. Uh, it, it's going to be what are those things that are different in you or different in the people who are living with you that you can either see or that you feel firsthand. Right. And that can be things like it could be a scratchy throat, it could be watery eyes, it could be itchy skin or rashes. Uh, it gets into the mental side where it could be a cognitive, where you have word search, where you're always searching for a word, you can't quite get it, fog, and yet yeah. you don't remember having that problem before. Right. Uh, it could be anger, it could be anxiety. Anxiety and anger are probably two of the bigger things that present themselves that people recognize. Yeah. Anger to the point where I had one family that uh, I helped we found some issues. He had been a contractor prior to that. So there's there's a built-up sense of what's right and what's wrong with his home. Mm-hmm. I found five different issues in the home for five different reasons in five different areas. Wow. They ordered remediation. Remediation was done. I looked at the job when it was done, and it was done well. And then everything kind of wound down. And we left, and there there were some signs that there was tensions in the house, and there were anxiety issues. They had one son who was just about to go to a wheelchair, um, and he was a musician, and, and there were all kinds of good things that had been before that right. point. And, and that all just kind of culminated, came to an end. Well, about eight months later, I happened to see them at an event uh, right here in town. It was a, it was a concert. Yeah. It didn't, wasn't aware that they were going to be there and all of a sudden they hear my name being shouted from the seating as I was walking to seats and it was this family and I talked to them briefly and they were on the precipice of splitting up and once all of that was cleaned up and their house was stabilized all of those moods changed wow so it can be as subtle as that that comes on kind of like a frog in the kettle type thing yeah totally and And I don't want to I do want to circle back because you talked about this is something that I was taught is do you feel, if you're currently being exposed, do you feel better if you are, you know, sometimes I'll tell people like leave for three days yep. and, and does that make a difference? I think the other thing that's important too is not everyone, because like, Dar- I'm not going to try to throw the husbands under the bus, but the husbands yep. are like, well, if this is an issue, then how come all of us aren't having this symptom, right? Common. And, and the reality is genetically or physiologically yep. or immune system wise, we're all different inside yeah. of that susceptibility. So I think it's important for the listeners to go, hey, just because you're, something might be going on in your house, you're not are all going to be impacted. Right. That's correct. The same inside of that. And two, I also want to just have a little definition understanding mold inspection or investigation is different than remediation. Correct. So, so okay, so someone is suspect, which you're like, it's kind of like, 
uh, duh, that's there. So really your job is not to go in and be like, yes, your suspect, which is, I guess your part of your job is, yes, your suspicion is correct, but more importantly, where's the source? Correct. That's the most important. Right? Like, okay, it's here, but like now, where is it at? So, yeah. so let's say this. So Dean and his crew show up at someone's house. What does that process look like? So my process is going to be different than most. Uh, the process will involve heavy visual investigation. So what's what's here linked to what's here from right. experience, and then principles that are that are the foundation to everything that has been learned. Yeah. Uh, versus most mold inspectors are coming in with a tripod, with a small air pump. They're taking an air sample from the middle of a room, okay. um, and they're they're maybe making an interpretation once that report comes back from the lab. In many cases, the inspector doesn't even know how to interpret it. The inspector just simply goes, here's the lab report, here's what it says, and then you're kind of on your own. Or they, they go to kind of a blanket approach of, well, when we have mold counts like this, we always do these things. And if it's spraying or fogging, those are typically the ones that don't know what they're doing or why they're doing it, and you should probably walk away because if they're spraying or fogging, they're they're trying to just say well if we just put enough of this on something maybe it'll be if it'll we put be gone. Enough, if we put enough potpourri on the pile of crap in the middle of the living room you won't smell it you won't smell it if we, <laughs> if, if we if we have a baby that needs a dirty diaper change but we're in the other room we won't know it so it's fine right it's the same difference that is so important to understand so with that when I come into a house typically it's a four or five hour ordeal on kind of an average size house. Mm -hmm. And I'll start with an exterior. I'll visually inspect the exterior. I'll take photos um, and I'll make notes because sometimes in some houses, 70% of their problem starts at the outside and mm. it creates indoor air quality problems okay. at the inside and okay. they don't realize that. Yeah. And so then we would go to the inside. I'll typically do, I'll check formaldehyde, TVOC levels in the house because if it's a newer house that could be a problem and maybe they don't have a water or mold issue maybe it's something that's that's affecting their thinking right. or their cognitive ability because it's voc yeah. and so the other part of that is i've got one piece of equipment that if those levels are extremely high i can get false positives from it right so i want to make sure i'm getting good good results so what you're saying sampling. and for our listeners i want to put some 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 vernacular into so vocs volatile organic compounds yep. so like it's so i had a good friend who very healthy family, moved into this brand new swanky house with new everything, yep. and his daughter became ill. Yep. And what you're saying is that's because she was exposed to all these toluenes and benzenes and all these volatile Correct. compounds that were not designed to be exposed to at that level. Yes. That, okay. So and, those, and those aren't the end of the world in and of themselves. You can do a bake-out. You can oftentimes get rid of them. Yeah. Every once in a while you run into a house where there's a product that's it's long-term defective because it will continue to off-gas. Right. Those just need to be replaced. Right. So after that's done, then I would go into the home and I'll start at usually the uppermost level and I'll do I'll do sampling in every room and I have a piece of equipment called Instascope okay. where I have an iPad display and I have a machine with a microscope where it's bringing air through the microscope. So I can move around anywhere in the room, any part of the room. That's really cool, by the way. And I can measure the air, <laughs> yeah. and it will show me on an iPad display what's going on. I'm going to pause you. Right. I, I want him to come to my house, but I don't, <laughs> right? Because, because like that's like, but you need to know that. Yeah. yeah. So, so, so obviously, and again, people that are listening to this, maybe they've heard of, and we'll get to the Ermi and the Hertz being that world. Okay. So you're sampling air, looking at it at literally a molecular level. Yeah, ten microns and below. 
Okay, continue. So the average human hair is 70 microns in diameter. We stopped seeing at 40. So this isn't even the, the dust in the sunlight in the window in the morning right. type stuff. This is what you can't see. Okay. And that's really important. So standard-wise, we've been measuring PM10 and PM2.5, so 10 micron, 2.5 micron particles for a long, long time. Mm -hmm. Really, I see that we probably need to be going to 0.5 and 0.33 because I think it's actually the smaller particles that are even more, and no, that, that even goes beyond the mold itself. It goes to the other pieces of what could have been mold in the past or okay. other things. Okay. So that's another deep dive that our industry hasn't even really right. gotten into. Um, but I can see these things by having the iPad and, and by having this machine that I can move around the room, it's a teacher. It's a daily teacher that I can learn from. Mm -hmm. And I've learned more in the last four years than probably the previous 25 because of that. And because of environments I've taken that piece of equipment into that maybe the manufacturer doesn't always appreciate that I do, but I own it, so <laughs> I have to pay to fix it if I break it. Right, right. Um, but I've learned things that literally no one else in the world would would know or has learned because I'm the only one that I know of that's doing this. Okay. Um, so with that, I'll, I'll go from area to area. And Start at the top. You have to start top level, and, and I'll, get a, I'll get a scan of every room that I'm in. Okay. Um, if I get to like a vanity cabinet, I'll I'll put the wand in the vanity cabinet. I'll close the door and I'll just see what is the air like in there, or if there's a hole into the wall cavity where the plumbing goes. I can mm. check the air in that wall cavity, mm. and in real time I can see the mold count. Wow, the mold count in the room is 500, but in the in the wall it's 5,000. Nobody can see inside unless yeah. you take things apart. Right. So it's it's the first possibility to be wondering with real information what might be going on in a hidden spot. Okay. So then that's big, but that's a three-minute scan in every room. And that's just collecting data. Yep. And everyone, including on the medical side, um, when we'll get to the Army piece, mm -hmm. they think the data is the answers. But right. the data is just the data. And that's really hard to get your mind wrapped around. Mm -hmm. It's just information right. that you can observe, you can analyze against other information, and you can make good conclusions. Okay. So the really big part is the, um, the visual. Yep. And probably even more important than the Instascope is a flashlight. A good flashlight. Yeah. So I noticed you were packing some. You're packing some stuff. I just uh, carry it with me. Yeah, it's just your jam. Uh, so this is a hundred fifty dollar um, flashlight that gives me good light, and um, it's it's a perspective thing. And I teach everyone this. Typically, is we have a perspective in life where we shine on a surface. Yeah. And we think that's what life is like. Right. But what life really is like when we think kind of three-dimensionally or multi-dimensionally is when we look at a surface cross over, we get a much different view of things where this looks two-dimensional. Yes. Now this all of a sudden is three-dimensional. Yeah. And the average person, what they don't realize, especially in a basement situation, in certain areas where it's high moisture, they can simply do this with a flashlight on their own. And sometimes you can see mold on a surface. When you can see mold, there's millions of spores. It's 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 like little cities, but when they do this, they can be looking right at it and not see it. Sure. So you can do that with lower door jams and things like that. Yeah. But it's all about perspective. So I go around and with specialty lighting, I have a head flashlight with different different kinds of light, and this, and I'll be looking at the structure where it's most susceptible to having water damage. Right. So I'm always looking for water because most people looking for mold, they're not going to see it because it's hidden. But I'm always looking for water damage because where there's water damage, that's where mold could have started. 100%. Otherwise, it can't start. Right. So this four to six hour investigation, yeah. 
then gives you evidence yeah. to create a case. Yeah. And then, then what's next? So during the process, I'll take anywhere between four and 800 photos. And of the actual notes that I have, I could have anywhere from 40 to 60 photo notes about a place. Yeah. These notes will be specific to moisture, water damage, um, equipment for their air, air handling system, their HVAC system. Right. Um, and so that'll all be collected into an app and I'll have notes that I can put with that, edit those. Okay. And then I've got all of that evidence that I can look at also then in relationship with what did I scan. Yeah. Obviously during the time of going through, if I'm scanning an area and, and the display tells me, you should probably go back to the other end of that room and look at that again, or under that cabinet or under that dishwasher mm. and scan, I can do that. At the end of the normal part of that, I'm usually ending with the HVAC system and everything dealing with the lungs of the home and yes. the breathing of the home and yeah. fresh air. Yeah. Some people have air exchangers, some people don't. Some people have some pumps, some don't. Radon systems, some don't. Right. All of those things play together to make good or bad indoor air quality. And different configurations of those um, can be made to make the house perform a certain way. So when I get done, typically there's going to be opportunities where I want to, what I do call source scan with my Instascope. Yeah. I've already done some of that along the way in these vanity cabinets in different places. And it's it's a stationary scan where I just set the wand down, I walk away from it, and I just watch the display. In my last source scanning, it's typically, typically what I call a manipulated source scan, mm -hmm. where I can go sometimes and I can detach carpet from a corner, maybe in a basement. I can put the wand down near... I can let it scan for 30 seconds without touching the wand, see what it shows. Yeah. I'll take a picture of my iPad display. Mm -hmm. So at 30 seconds, I can say, with normal situation, normal conditions, no manipulation, this is what the air is like by that wall. Right. Then I'll go one, two, three, one, two, three. Pound things away. And, and shake things it's up like a, a bellows. Yeah. So it actually moves the wall board. And you can actually see, if you're using a smoke pen, you can see air that moves at the bottom of the wall and comes out. Mm -hmm. So I can actually get wall cavity air most times huh. to my wand and now I can see and sometimes we'll go from a zero or 300 maybe it'll go to 30,000 or 80,000 or 200,000 or a million spores and if there's other signs and symptoms and things at the outside you know that would tell you there's water problems there's a moisture issue whether it's a vapor or liquid moisture issue okay. you have mold in that wall and that's part of your problem dang that's wild. Do you do you kick the owners out of the house when you do all this work? I don't kick them out, but I always tell everyone, I'm on a blind date with your home. So when I start, I'll talk to you again at about 1 or 2 o'clock this afternoon. <laughs> but don't hover over me and don't go. They, they can. Okay. But at a certain point, they get kind of annoyed because I move around a lot. So. <laughs> yeah. so so now you have all the data, and then and then, then your job is to present in some fashion. What, so, again, the data is one thing, but then... Do you feel like, so I, I've heard you looking for spores, but is this also part of like, where is this coming from? Yeah, exactly. That's part of that investigation also is like, oh, this is your washer and dryer. There's this water line. That's probably where the issue is, or I'm guessing that's where the issue is. And then your recommendations. So, okay, so I'm getting ahead of myself. You get the data and then you, do you take it back to the office and? No. So typically what I do, if the homeowners are available I will typically sit with them right at the end of the inspection as soon as I turn off my my machine or my thermal imaging camera. Because yeah. I'll do thermal images, too, of the home. Okay. Because the thermal imaging can really show a lot of things. Hmm. Like the home that you alluded to, the newer home that had the problem. Right. 
Thermal imaging was the piece that showed me there was a problem. I was able to go across the street to see a home that was in the middle of being built without the siding, without the interior drywall from the same builder, same builder. Yeah. and found out why the house that was finished was doing what it was doing in the thermal images. Otherwise, the average person would walk in and say, this is a beautiful house. Right. This is a beautiful home. It's perfect. I've always dreamed about this house. Right. And it was perfect, but it really wasn't long-term. It was going to be a major problem. So anyway, so we, we will, I'll actually sit down at the table with them and it'll be anywhere from a half an hour to two hours. And by the time I get done at that point, I probably have an 85% surety of what I know that I know about the home. Okay. I just don't want to blurt it out as a conclusion because I like to think when I drive home and then we like to analyze the data mm -hmm. um, so that we know that we're guiding people because we see too often being the second, third, and fourth inspector in many homes. Right. We see too often that people are kind of being left in 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 kind of limbo, in in just an area where they don't exactly know what to do, or they were told the wrong thing to do. Oh. We don't want to miss things, and we don't want to tell people to overdo things. And so we'll we'll sit and debrief, and I'll walk them through just basically how I walk through the house. Okay. And tell them these are the things that I can see that I'm I'm certain of. Mm -hmm. These are the things that I'm really wondering about that I need some more time to think about. Yeah. And that'll get finalized. I love the fact that you said like you're typically the second, third, fourth, fifth person on the scene. Yeah. Much like functional medicine, we hear people say, I've been to five doctors, ten doctors, I've tried this detox, and now I'm here. And many times we feel like we're kind of that last resort. And there's yeah. a there's a a weight, a heaviness of that, yet like that's okay, like, like because we're going to give them a good service yeah. and, and do our very best to them. Yeah. So then you, so the, now we're we've had a, a brief explanation with the with the client and their home, and now you put your thinking hat on and you drive and think, and then back to the office, do some data analysis, and yeah. then and then is there a like, if if this is my house, this is what I recommend actionable yeah. items. Yeah. So what I typically do now is I'll create an executive summary. Mm -hmm. Uh, and it'll go through section by section, just how I went through the home. Mm -hmm. And if there were, let's say there were there were 20 outdoor notes, I might have eight things that I put in the executive summary. Right. These are really the top eight things that are really problematic. Yeah. The other 12 things, you know what, you should know these, you should be on top of these, monitor these, repair these if they ever happen. Mm. But there's maybe eight things that hit that. And every section that I go through, it's upper level, main level, um, lower level, HVAC system, thermal imaging, I'll, I'll give what I think are the most important pieces. And that's usually one or two pages um, in a bullet point form. And usually after each of those items, there will be a word and it might say monitor in all caps, or it might say repair in all caps, uh, yeah. or it might say remediate in all caps. Ooh. So it's just, you can look at it and it says this, remediate what or how, it right. doesn't say that part. But on the first page, you can see okay. right after that section then I usually put a, a pri what I call the priority section, which is about this long okay. and if this was my family my home this is what i would do that's so good and it'll be three things or five things or 13 things of the most importance that they can get the most bang for their buck get the best for their health right. and get the most done in their home let's go there for a second i mean so let's say that someone doesn't bring a, a dean into their house and he works his magic average homeowner that's listening to this you, you, let's, let's, let's make some assumptions here that you've, you've, you've not been in their place. There may be suspect. There might be something going on. What are like the top, maybe two or three things that a homeowner could go and check that is doable from the average homeowner's ability that they could just go in the next half an hour and go walk through their house and check some things. What would you, is there, is there a, a like, go, go look at this, go check this, make sure this is like this. What would you say to that? 
First thing that people should do is sit down with a pen and paper or something electronic and go through the history of the house. The history of anything that was moisture or, or water related. Okay. And they should record those things. Get those listed out so that at any point they could go through and they could they could say, listen, number one, we remember eight years ago we had that really big water event in the basement, a pipe broke. Right. And there was a lot of water. So then there's all kinds of sub pieces underneath there. So how did it get fixed? Who fixed it? Um, is it verified with photos? Do you have photos that you can look back on? But from the bullet point list of identifying, so it's like a house health a house health history. It really is <laughs> because it, it gets your mindset. It's like the doctor sitting down with the house. All right, tell me about the things right. you've had with you. <laughs> well, and so sometimes it's hard because we have so many other things going on in life. And everything's distracting us. And Johnny comes up to the table and says, hey, mom, dad. Yeah. And you're like, oh. And then you're like, what was I just thinking? Yeah. Just write it down. Mm-hmm. Write these things down. So then you, somebody in the future, your inspector, your remediator, yep. your doctor, whoever, you can go, you know what? We've got four things in our house that we're really concerned about. So that's the first one. Historical. Health history. Yep. yep. Just do the history of the house. Yep. Um, that's really big. And that can be, that's the crazy part. People have to think. Most people think liquid water. They think glass of water. They think rainstorm. They think flooding coming through windows and filling up their basement. And sometimes it's condensation on the windows during the coldest days of the year. And when you have condensation on your windows, that means that for some reason you're not either either not getting enough fresh air going through, but your humidity, your your relative humidity levels in your house are higher than what the air can handle. And it's going to the weakest point. Every once in a while, it's because of a bad window, a bad type, style, mm-hmm. design of window. Mm-hmm. Most often, it's because the house isn't functioning correctly from the air handling standpoint. The, it's not l- breathing. the lung system yep. of the house. Yep. I love it. So and then you, what, would be, what would be number three? Okay, so then the next thing would be don't disregard things like child's play in the bathtub and splashing that's taken place Ooh. that maybe there's consistently puddles on the floor of the bathroom because the water goes someplace and then related to that yeah we we had the sink overflow but then we we got it up with a towel so if how much water do you think ran well it only ran for 15 minutes well a towel wouldn't hold 15 minutes worth of you know water right yeah so you ask so where else did the water go i don't know you have to think where did all the water go and if you spilled a gallon or a gallon got out did you recapture a gallon? Did you recapture a gallon? Oh my gosh. Because if you didn't, that's the house did. Holy cow. Well, Dean, hold that thought. Um, we're gonna we're gonna uh, pump the brakes here a bit. And I tell you what, we're gonna stay tuned. We're gonna jump into episode two in this with just a second. And episode two, I really want to dive into just more actionable items. So so stay tuned for episode two.